Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God is good, amen? All the time. I was just looking for the Bible verse where Jeremiah said, It's like fire shut up in my bones. And I can't contain it anymore. I got to get it out. You know, I was just thinking of that when we were singing that song, Like a Mighty Storm. Stir within our souls. Don't you think the church needs a little stirring? Amen. Amen after this last week. Yeah, it got shaken. Got shaken. All right. It's time to take up an offering. Amen. There is no kids' church today. No kids' church today. All right, let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your tithes and offerings that you're bringing into this place. I thank you, Lord God, that you're in charge and we're not. I thank you, Lord, that you have plans for us, plans to prosper us and for us to be in good health. And Lord God, I pray you and thank you for your finances that you've brought in and that you're bringing in, Lord God, that we can continue to Keep the heat on in this building, Lord God, and the lights on, Lord Jesus. I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord God. And I just pray that you would continue to be faithful to us and help us to be faithful to you, Lord. And I just pray this, Lord. I just pray your blessings on your people today as they give with a cheerful heart into your kingdom. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. He's a smart boy. He's like, hey, there's some money in there. I'll take that. That's what Holly was doing. Well, this week we had a very sad thing happen. I'm going to get right into my sermon. Because I know everybody's coming to my house for dinner. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. But this week we had a very sad thing happen in our Capitol building. And it's beyond sad. It's immoral and wrong. Our state, the state of New York, just became a world leader. Just became a world leader. The state of New York did. The state of New York became a world leader in abortion. Something wicked this way comes. Can you believe that? Out of the whole world, that our state is the leader in abortions. And it is crazy. And that's what my sermon's going to be on this whole week. I mean, this week, not this whole week. Should be. Should be every day. We, and I want to encourage you to be praying. You be praying for those mothers that are thinking about abortion, you be praying that God would change their minds. 
you be praying for those babies that are unborn. I know you girls just gave a thing on abortion in school, didn't you? Was it, did it happen on the same day that Governor Cuomo passed the bill? It was the day after. But our governor, Andrew Cuomo, just signed into law that would allow late-term abortion right up to the birth date. That is a full-grown, that is a fully matured baby. Full, functioning, perfect baby that God created. This is appalling to me and it should be appalling to you. The Bible is very clear on this. In 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 6, this was Manasseh, king of Judah. He sacrificed his sons in the fire, practiced sorcery and divination, and consulted medians and spirits. He did much evil. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, provoking him to anger. That was King Manasseh. He sacrificed his sons in the fire. Abortion is no different. It is a sacrifice of our unborn. And in this case, the born even. It is terrible. And in Jeremiah, I got a lot of scripture. There's a lot of scripture on this. God is very clear against harming a child. Against doing anything to the innocent. And in Jeremiah chapter 32... Verses 26. Through 35. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And he said, I am the God, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Think of all that. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. There is no other God. There will never be another God. There is no substitute. They're all worthless idols. He just declared it. I am the God of all mankind, every race, every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every color, every creed, every person that walks on this earth. God is the God of all mankind. Period. Is anything too hard for me? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I am about to hand this city over to the Babylonians who are attacking this city. This city. All right, excuse me. <laughs> skip the skip the skip the verse. 
Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I am about to hand this city over to the Babylonians and to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who will capture it. The Babylonians who are attacking this city will come in and set it on fire. They will burn it down along with the houses where the people provoke me to anger by burning incense on the roofs to Baal and by pouring out drink offerings to other gods. The people of Israel and Judah have done nothing but evil in my sight from their youth. Indeed, the people of Israel have done nothing but provoke me with what their hands have made, declares the Lord. From the day it was built until now, this city was so aroused, this city has so aroused my anger and wrath that I must remove it from sight. The people of Israel and Judah have provoked me by all the evil they have done. They, their kings and officials, their priests and prophets, the men of Judah and the people of Jerusalem, they have turned their backs to me and not their faces, though I taught them again and again. They would not listen or respond to discipline. They set up their abominable idols in the houses, in the house that bears my name, and they defile it. They built high places for Baal in the valley of Ben-Hinnom to sacrifice their sons and daughters to Moloch. Though I never commanded nor did it enter my mind that they should do such a detestable thing and so make Judah sin. Think about that. That was God saying it. He said, I have never commanded it, nor have I ever even thought of it, that they would ever sacrifice their sons. It's terrible. Terrible. And what did God do? He did not spare that city. He let the Babylonians take it, and they went into captivity for 70 years. For 70 years. God made it very clear to us in Leviticus 18, chapter 21. You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Moloch and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. We should never offer any of our children up for abortion. It is no different. Might as well put them on an altar for Baal and sacrifice them. This is what is happening at an unprecedented scale in New York and in the United States. In 2016 alone, 87,325 abortions took place in New York. In 2016 alone. And in 2016, New York City's abortion rate was 60% of its birth rate. Think about that. The abortion rate was 60% of its birth rate. 
And with this new bill, I would expect these numbers to even rise even higher. In 2013, a report from CDC, CDC stands for the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, reported that for the year, 664,435 abortions were reported. For one year, over half a million babies were were aborted just in our country. Just in the United States. That's how many were reported. How many were not reported? Of those numbers, abortion numbers are staggering. Since Roe v. Wade in 1973, the number of abortions have reached 61,009,639. And that number rises every three seconds. Every three seconds that number rises. Every three seconds a life has been taken. A life is taken in the United States, in the in the world. No, actually, that number, the 61,009,639, is just the United States. The world is a lot higher. It reaches like close to billions. Since then, Planned Parenthood, actually, since 1970, they started abortions three years before Roe versus Wade. They started it in 1970. They have given 8,313,189 abortions through Planned Parenthood. You want to know where your money is going, your taxpayer money? It's going to Planned Parenthood, a big portion of it. They're a huge government funding institute. We need to, we need to get a hold of our legislators and say, we don't, we don't want our taxpayer money to go to Planned Parenthood. Amen. We need to we need to do something. These numbers are just getting higher and higher. When I heard when I heard what Andrew Cuomo did that day in New York State, the first thought that came to my mind was many, many. And that the blood of these babies will be on his head. It's a shame. Many, many. You look that up. What it stands for is that I have weighed you and found you wanting. And from that day, it was that day that king died. And his kingdom was taken over. That was Nebuchadnezzar's son. After Nebuchadnezzar passed and his son was enthroned, he was only he only had days, I believe. He was only king for a few days, and the Persians, I think, took over Babylonian. 
when he was raided, or the Romans, one of them. Many, many. You have been found wanting. You have been weighed and been found wanting. I say woe to you, Governor Cuomo. Woe to you, leaders of our nation, leaders of our state, that sat there in their state chamber celebrating the passing of this bill. Clapping and praising them for the blood that was shed, for the blood that's going to be shed. How they lit up the state, how they lit up the trade towers in pink in the Capitol buildings and their homes, and how they wore their pink scarves. Woe to them! In Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 14. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who do you think he called over to him? Did he call over a king? Did he call over a warrior? Did he call over a man? Or a woman? Or a general? Or a person who is highly respected? Or a priest? No. He called the little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like, like this child is, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name, welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better off for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Whoa! I say it again, whoa! To our leaders in our state that passed this bill. God has warned you. Woe to the world! Because of the things that causes people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. Woe to the man through whom they come. If you hand, if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and to be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eyes cause you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and have be thrown into the fire of hell. 
See that you do not look down on these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Isn't that amazing? That God, the minute you're born, the minute you come out of that womb, that God has got an angel posted for you. He's got an angel for you. And that angel sees God's face every day. I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away? Will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. This has never been a plan of God. This is a plan of man. Abortion is not of God. God said that He never even commanded it, nor did He ever even think of such a thing. It was only the devil that thought this thing up. It was only the devil that put this seed in man's mind. Or woman's mind. It is not of God. And woe to the persons that have started this. Woe to them. It would be better off to have them tie a millstone around their neck and throw them into the deepest of seas. What the Word of God says, that's what Jesus said. Our children, every one of you is a precious gift from God. Life is a precious gift from God. Every life is precious. As they celebrate in our Capitol building, and as they lit it up the Trade Center, I say, woe. In Exodus 23:7, it said, Have nothing to do with a false charge, and do not put an innocent or honest person to death. For I will not acquit the guilty. That was one of the laws that God gave. These children are innocent. They are as innocent as the day is long. They can't be more innocent than a child that is just born out of its mother's womb that even hasn't, hasn't even had a chance to see the light of day. They are innocent. And they are a gift from God. King David said this in Psalm 127.
Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies at the gate. Children are a blessing. They are a reward. Just the other day, just yesterday actually, I was picking up some pictures on the floor in our bedroom. One of the pictures was me and Annie when she was little, like Ollie's age. And we built this big, huge, giant snowman in front of our house. And I was holding her up like this in my arms while she was putting the hat on the snowman. And I thought to myself, I remember that day exactly as if it was yesterday. And I thought to myself, I will never have that day back with my children again. And I kind of got a little teary-eyed thinking about it. Children are a gift. Now I have grandchildren, and I can have great-grandchildren soon, sooner than I think. I looked over to Julie, and I told her that the other day, do you know that we could be great-grandparents now? Soon. It could be any day. But thinking about that time I had with Annie when she was little, you know, We had a great time. I enjoyed it. I missed a lot of it. Playing, practicing with her lacrosse. Building huge sled rides. She was my test pilot. I'd build these huge sled rides on our hill that go down and they would be all curved. And I'd get the bobcat right out there in the pasture and build big huge berms. Yeah, do it, this girl said. Do it again. They, I spent days on them. Days I spent shaping and molding and getting them just right. And I'd get Annie out there in a little sled, and she was just a little bitty thing. And I'd send her down, and I can remember one time sending her down the hill. And she was going pretty fast. I started thinking, she's not going to stop. And I started running after her because I was afraid she was going to go to the pond or down to the creek. But yeah, she was, and she would just lay in there, didn't know nothing. She wouldn't even know where she was going. She would just lay straight down in the sled. And she didn't even know what was going on around her. I did because I would see the whole thing. Those days... 
go by so fast in the blink of an eye. So every time you just have with your children and your grandchildren, spend them wisely. Because you can't get those days back. You won't get those days back. Every day. That you get a chance to be with your children or grandchildren, spend it wisely. Every child God knows. Do you know that every child God knows? Every person. We're all children of God. No matter how old or young you are. And God knows every hair on your head. And He's got a plan for you. The Bible says that God has a plan for every child. Every child conceived in the womb. Like He said to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. I knew you before I even created you. I knew you. And he said, I had a plan for you. Every child has a plan and a destiny in God. Everyone. And when that abortion takes place, that plan is stopped. That child will never live out that plan. Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Think about that. God, before you were born in the womb, that He set you apart. He chose you. You have been chosen for such a time as this, to live in this time of creation, of the world. Perfectly in God's timing. And that God has a plan for you. A destiny for you to fulfill. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Amen? Amen. I want us to, Joe, did we get the video up? We got a little short video here that Lizzie posted on my wife's Facebook that I wanted to share. I hope we can get it. I know Joe was working on it earlier. But this is a doctor that speaks about abortion. And it's so, when I heard my wife showed it to me on her Facebook page, it's so much just simple truth, common sense, the way this doctor um, speaks about this. And I really, hopefully we can get it so we can share it. There he is, right there. Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Lyle, and I practice obstetrics and gynecology. I'm board certified in obstetrics and gynecology, and I'm licensed to practice medicine in both Alabama and Florida. 
I've been in private practice almost 20 years and I've delivered almost 4,000 babies with two primary rules. We want to have a healthy mom and we want to have a healthy baby. It's amazing how over the past 20 years our technology has changed so that we can truly treat the preborn as patients while they're in the womb. Our imaging technology has changed with ultrasound and MRI. It's amazing what we can see, but now we're treating the babies as the patients that they are while they're in the womb. We can do blood transfusions directly to the baby as early as 19 weeks gestation. Centers around the country are now doing heart surgery on the babies as early as 22 weeks gestation. They are correcting spina bifida on baby in the womb laparoscopically at 22 weeks gestation. If they're a patient, they're a person, and if they're a person, they deserve our protection. Yesterday was a sad day in New York. I grew up across the river in New Jersey. It was a sad day in New York when Governor Mario Cuomo signed the Reproductive Health Act into law. I saw the cheers when it was passed in the House. I saw the cheers, the smiles, and celebrations when it was passed in the Senate. And then I saw all the smiling people and all the cheers and celebration. Celebrating what? The governor just signed a law saying that we can take the lives of the babies in the womb up until their due date. That's nothing to celebrate. We can have babies in our NICU doing great at 24 and 25 weeks gestation. Are there reasons why we need to deliver babies early sometimes? Yes, but not take their lives in the process. Deliver them and let them survive and thrive in our NICU. To take the lives of these babies in the womb breaks my heart. It is not good for us. It is not good for America. America is a nation that was founded on virtuous people. You know, our freedom is built on our virtue. You know, de Cokeville, when he came to view America and study America and say, why is America great? His conclusion, America is great because America is good. If America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Taking the lives of the babies in the womb is not good. It is not going to have us be great. It is a bad thing. So we look at the way New York celebrated. Not only did they light up the World Trade Center, not only did they light up the bridges, they lit up buildings in the Capitol with bright pink lights saying, we celebrate taking the lives of our babies. There are consequences for actions, and unfortunately I think New York State will suffer consequences for this kind of horrible behavior. We treat the preborn as patients. Here in Florida, we're going to stand up for the lives of the preborn. We have a representative, Mike Hill, who is now introducing a heartbeat bill to say once we can see the heartbeat, that is a new person, and we're going to protect that life of that baby on the inside. There is value. That is good. Protecting the lives of the babies on the inside is a good thing. It is a virtuous thing. If America wants to stay great, America must continue to be that shining light on the hill and do good. Taking the lives of the baby, not good. Protecting the lives of the baby and treating them as patients, as persons, and protecting them, that is good. And that's what we will stand up for, and that's what we will fight for. We will stand up for those who cannot stand for themselves. We will speak out for those who cannot speak for themselves, and we will protect of the lives of the preborn. Thank you for your time, and have a wonderful day. That was from a doctor, professional doctor, who's performed over 4,000 births. And if he's right, if they can treat 
a baby in the womb. And that baby is a patient. And that baby has rights. And it has a right to live. Amen? What we need to be doing as a church, we need to be praying that this bill gets overturned. We need to be praying that we get the right people in our government, in our state. We need to be praying them in. We need to be praying in our legislators, our congressmen, our senators, our governor. We need to be praying them in because I'm going to tell you again, woe to the state or the nation that has blood on its head because of abortion. We need to be praying, church. If we're not praying, we're failing. We need to be standing up for the rights of the unborn and the innocent and the lives of the innocent babies. What this starts, this is starting a slippery slope, a downhill slide. Since 1970, this has been a downhill slide in our nation through our abortion rights, through Roe versus Wade in 1973. It's been a downhill slide. The next thing they're talking about now that I just heard is physician-assisted suicides. That's what they want to try to pass next. Now, does that sound right? No, it does not. It's terrible. We need to rise up and be a voice. Amen? Amen. We need to do all we can to stand for righteousness and to stand for those that don't have a voice. The innocent like these babies. Amen? Well, I'm going to close with that. Let's all stand up for the blessing. Number six, 24 through 26. God help us all. God help our nation. God help our state. Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord, and I praise you for this day. I pray, Father, for your word, Lord God. I pray, Father, for your word, that you would speak it to our hearts, that you would soften our hearts, that, Lord God, we would not let this world harden our hearts, Lord God, but our hearts would be soft and moldable. And, Lord, I pray that you would bless us and keep us, Lord, that you would make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us, that, Lord, you would turn your face toward us and that you would give us peace. Lord God, and, and do that for your people that are down here, Lord God, praying to you, Lord. Believing, hoping, taking joy, Lord Jesus. Father, I just, <laughs> this Christmas card fell out of my Bible, and it says, hope in a promise, joy in a miracle, love in a manger, love in a manger. 
Lord God, let that ring true in our lives. Love in a manger. Can you imagine if they aborted Jesus? Be terrible. Couldn't imagine it. God would have wiped us all out with another flood. And rightfully so. Father, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for this day. Help us to turn our eyes and our ears to you, to hear you, to know you, and to give us direction on what we should do, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.